show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson and for the next 30 minutes we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter Jane Payton. She's one of the UK's leading experts on beer and cider and in fact she's the author of numerous books on the subject which is quite handy it is rather handy having because we're reviewing cookbooks paper. and we're not going to only do it today uh, we're going to do it for next week's program as well because there's so many of them and they're so amazing we're going to run out of time i know we are got piles of books in front of us we've been reading like demons we have. And, and the reason why i've been reading like demons is because dear listener we want to make the job easy for you if you're thinking of buying you know a present for your loved one uh for valentine's day i have to say i hate valentine's day you won't if you uh, get one of these books you'll love it i'm in chocolate and going to a restaurant where it's overpriced because everybody else has gone out for dinner can't be doing that so i would suggest buy your loved one a beautiful book don't you think that's a good idea? Oh, yeah. And that, that pile in front of us, you would it's really sure. love your lover and yeah. your loved one because those are wonderful books and we can't wait to talk about them. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a true expert with us uh, uh, to help us through this over the next two weeks, Charlotte Pike. Now, Charlotte is the author of five cookbooks and she's a trained chef because you didn't know that, did you? I didn't. I knew she was a writer and very esteemed. And do you know where she's a trained chef, which is for, I've always wanted to go and I've always wanted to like give up some time to, to, to get trained. And that's um, Ballymallow Cookery School no. in Ireland. The most amazing place. I'm going to ask you about that. Oh it's right. one of my favourite places. Um, now, currently, she splits her time between writing, teaching and cooking. She writes for, she makes you look a bit not of an also ran. <laughs> What a non-entity is that? No, I wasn't going to say that. Uh, She writes for BBC Good Food, Delicious Magazine, The Guardian, Telegraph, Hello Magazine, as well as talking about food on loads of BBC channels. And she's chair of the Guild of Food Writers. So what what about that for you? I know this really embarrasses you, Charlotte. So welcome. Thank Thank you so much. Joining us. It's going to be good fun. I'm really looking forward to this. Lovely to be here. Thank you so much. So before we do that, talk to me about Ballymallow. Uh, For anybody who doesn't know about it, can you just, it's an institution, the Allen family. Goodness. An amazing, amazing experience. I actually went there and I did the 12 week course, which is their sort of professional level. I so want to course. Do that. And I actually went when I was 29 and I'd written my first three cookbooks. And I, I wrote them from the perspective of a keen home cook. And then I thought, you know what? This, I made a change into a career in food after starting off um, city career after university, dived into a career writing about food and thought, I just want to join the dots with my knowledge. You know, I know how to cook, but I want to really take it up a level. And so I just decided with about 
three weeks notice to book a place on the 12 week course did you actually stay there as well yes so the 12 weeks that's three months can you imagine it's full time you learn Um, everything from making butter to to uh, out you know milking the cows to make the butter (laughs) um everything and it is a full-time course which is why i went there as opposed to Mm. some of the other alternatives is it very intense very intense Mm. it it's sort of like a nine to monday to friday nine to five is the course structure but there are lots and lots of other activities to dive into things like the milking of the cows first thing you can go into the garden and pick the ingredients you're going to cook with um you know as soon as dawn breaks in the morning you can go fishing there are butchery and baking classes at the weekends you can help out at the local farmers market at the weekend which i did work experience at ballymaloo house i went to work in the kitchens at ballymaloo house restaurant so it is it is a full-time course but there is so much more to do there in addition so it's a real immersive experience and for me Dorina allen should be why is she not up there with the best you know why is she not talked about as the best person in the world in terms of cooking you know why is it gordon ramsay and people like that it's like no this is this is a real food hero that does way more about food and teaches people and so talented i completely agree and i think you know her her focus is not on restaurant cooking and um sort of um hospitality in the same sense as a lot of tv chefs are picked for their experience in in restaurant cooking but that's but that's not what you do at home well that's it and i think for that reason perhaps she doesn't necessarily get the same attention although Mm. she is huge in ireland and across the world she in america she is a huge name but i think it's it's not as popular to talk about great home cooking and encouraging people to think about where they source their food from at home how to cook better it's not very glamorous necessarily talking about how to make soup and bread but that is fundamental exactly so huge respect for her if anybody's got 12 weeks or you want to run away that's the place to go for three months amazing well um torn now because I want to run away to the circus no no well we'll, we'll talk about that <laughs> later about that book but, and yeah. I also run away, want to run away to that, um, oh, that cooking amazing. school yes. and live there oh, it's really. amazing I just packed up my car a couple of weeks notice got on Do the it. ferry I'm tempted oh, I'm so tempted <laughs> well let's, let's let's concentrate on what we're supposed to be here for so a cookbook or cookery book is a kitchen reference publication containing collection of recipes typically organised by type of dish Modern versions may also include colourful illustrations and advice on purchasing quality ingredients or making substitutions. And cookbooks can also cover a wide variety of topics, including cooking techniques, recipes, cultural commentary, you know, stuff to do with travelling. It's really very, very diverse, I think. And the first recorded cookbook... I know this is Wikipedia and you're going to tell me this is all wrong because you normally do, Jane. But anyway, it's still in print today. It's um, Of Culinary Matters and it was written by Apicius. Yes. Uh, In the 4th century AD, Rome contains more than 500 recipes, including many with Indian spices. The depressing thing, however, is that only one in four British people can cook three recipes with the most popular being sausage and mass, spaghetti bolognese and beans on toast. We need more people to be able to cook don't we? Definitely. That's quite shocking, actually, that that's it. Yeah. Three recipes. One in four people can only cook three recipes. Actually, that's me. <laughs> but I'm really good it? at bottle opening bottles. Yes. And there matching, are... <laughs> matching the right drink with the food. There are around nine million food and drink books sold each year, and it's been growing. And actually, the pandemic has had a good effect on cookery books, because I think loads more people have 
started cooking at home. I don't know if that's what you found, Charlotte, but yes, it's been it an upturn, I think. Yeah, very much so. And it's it's actually been really interesting because, I mean, the situation has sort of shifted as the situation has evolved over the last 18 months. But, you know, initially people who, you know, we all found ourselves having to produce our own food and not being able to rely on the same sources of food, pre-prepared food. So we were all in the same boat, effectively, Mm -hmm. having to cook from scratch at home. And that has been quite a shock for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I love cooking at home and I always cook from scratch. What shocked me is having to do it for breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. The grind of it is uh, is hard work, actually. And I, I have to say, you know, a lot of my friends have young children and just that sort of, you know, situation, find yourself at home having other responsibilities as well and having to, to you know, it's the, the ideas, the sourcing of the food, all of that takes time. Totally yeah. worth it. And the difference it makes to yeah. eat homemade food is so so thankfully, I can now get sandwiches around the corner and go out to restaurants occasionally. And I'm back to cooking at home the, the amount of time that I like cooking at home. So, so I've got my balance back, which, which is really good. Now, let's talk about the, the Guild of Food Writers. I love belonging to the Guild of Food Writers. I'm very good. sort of <laughs> proud of being a sponsor of, of the Guild of Food Writers. And uh, the reason for me is we look every year at the best food books. I mean, they're, they're an astonishing number. We have a very esteemed judging panel. And we then decide on a whole range of categories, you know, the best f- food books that, in our opinion, that people should be buying. So what we've done uh, today is we've got a collection from our 2021 winners, haven't we, Charlotte? We have. Quite a d- diverse uh, selection. Very much say. so. Um, and what we're trying to do is shortcut, because th- there's so many of them, to tell you what we think are the best, best, best ones. Now, before we go into them, there are lots of different types of books on food. So, so I, you know, don't discount the fact there are some great... I would say, I don't know how you'd classify them actually, Charlotte, in terms of food books, but like um, Curry by Lizzie, Lizzie Collingham, which, which was the history of curry and how we you know, got curry in the first place and how it evolved and all that sort of stuff. And, and Cod by uh, Mark Kolansky, which is a history of cod fishing and how, in his view, it changed the whole world. And then, of course, we've got people like B. Wilson, as well as the more traditional recipe things. It's incredibly wide. Yeah, and I would probably call it, you know, they are food books, really, yeah. charting, um, you know, food in so many different contexts as mm. well as recipes. So it's it's quite interesting seeing how diverse books on food are across mm. the across the genre. And, and of course, Jane, with your background, you, you've written a number of books. Drink, so much to talk about in terms of, of, of drink, isn't there? Definitely. And you mentioned some of the history books that, that those authors had written. There's a Amazing history of, of drink, but there's also contemporary drink and how to match with food and the stories behind drink. And then uh, in terms of the, the Guild of Food Writers, it's not people who write just write books that are members, is it, Charlotte? No. And um, in all honesty, we could probably call ourselves the Guild of sort of food and drink professionals, if you like, yeah. because people are involved in, in really diverse areas of of food and drink. So we have broadcasters, we have um, presenters, we have um, academics, we have recipe writers, we have chefs, we have restaurateurs. Um, the number of roles that exist in the food world professionally are huge numerous and that is reflected in food writing as a whole so we are over 550 members now including the queen of england <laughs> dame mary berry <laughs> got a massive range haven't we huge range absolutely and and growing which is really exciting and we also now support uh, membership from 
from people who are producing content in different ways now, you know, self-published content, uh, zines, podcasts, uh, broadcasts. So not just the sort of traditional publishing routes to become a member. And I would say that if you, you know, if you are a food writer, you should belong to the Guild of Food Writers because there's so much support stuff there. There's lots of online lessons and and, and training where people are explaining how, how, you know, what constitutes making a good cover, what the photography is, how you make chocolate, how you, I mean, the, 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 the number of events are it's huge. It's huge. And actually, we've we've put on so many more events now we can with Zoom, for example. But what's really interesting is that we are able to learn from each other. And last time I went to an event when we were allowed to go to events, I sat next to Maddo Jeffrey. <gasps> oh, And it's yes. like... I really love being in this group of people. Yes. Astonishing mm-hmm. lady uh, who's done amazing things. It's like, oh, just sitting next to sitting next to Madda quite normal I know and she'd just <laughs> flown in from New York to get the Lifetime right. Achievement Award. yeah yeah it's a wonderful moment right so we have some books that uh, we've chosen from the uh, 2021 winners first one I want to talk about uh, Caroline Steele's been on the program a couple of times um, so it's Caroline's book on Sitopia how food can save the world her first book was Hungry City which I absolutely loved She made me understand, I think, that cities in particular are shaped by the way food is grown or distributed or or delivered. You know, so you'll look at somewhere like London about how people would then then deliver fish along the Thames and how that would work. The fact that it didn't work like that in Paris because because the Seine isn't navigable. So, you know, so it made the whole shape of the city different. There's a road near Bank Station called Poultry. And the reason why it's called Poultry is because that's where all the poultry farms used to come to market, you know, and and obviously Spitalfields for meat. And and it was a complete revelation to me. So I definitely recommend Hungry City. She's done the most amazing TED Talk, which has been watched by over a million people that does a quick 20 minutes of this. uh, So it's definitely worth watching. Charlotte, what did do you think about Sitopia? This is Carolyn's follow-up. I know she's been writing it for years, actually. Well, I thought it was such an interesting and unique book. It's pretty, it, it, I mean, it's so interesting in the way it is very heavily researched and explores the influence of food in just every part of our lives, you know, our home, our body, our society, the places we live. It is a forensic look at the involvement in food in all those areas. I found it, it I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy, isn't it? It really, there's a, a lot. A little bit too political for me, actually, uh, 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 in a way, uh, I think Hungry City was lighter. It poses some very important questions, though, you've got to admit. It very much does. And they are of critical importance to our future and our food future. I thought it was a broad and well-researched book. It's ambitious in its suggestions, quite revolutionary in its proposals. Part inspiring, part depressing. Yeah. Part, uh, it, it was. Um, I was quite conflicted reading it, but it's a wonderfully researched book and it's an absolute must and, and if you talk to carolyn what she will say is 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 that is that food is the lens that i look through yeah for her it guides everything that she looks at but the way people interact the way our society is built you know it's all based on that and and i, I she's an incredible lady it's a complicated book yeah i'm not sure whether i found it uplifting let's put it that way but if you if you are interested in how food transforms our homes, our politics, our trade, our landscape. It is very, very thought-provoking. Mm. You're, you're, you haven't quite finished it, have you? You're nearly through. I'm not, <clears throat> but um, it's so fascinating. As you say, so dense, so much in there. There was a lot of science in there about mm. 
flavour, aroma, taste. Really fascinating how the brain reacts, how the gut is secondary to the brain, how important it is to have a varied diet, to have food that is nutritious, not just junk and what junk will do to you and do physiologically do to you. But it's a book that you don't dip in and out of. It's very much you commit to reading it and it's so full of information. I, can I just read out yes, a couple of lines? Because yes. it was very early on in the book and I just thought this is so profound about what food is. Mm. And it made me really think about the role of food in our lives. And she wrote... From our first gulp of mother's milk to our last supper, meals determine the shape and rhythm of our lives, forging our bodies, tastes, social bonds and identities. As children, we first learn how to eat with family and friends. And by the age of three or four, our habits are already becoming ingrained. And now to me, that just says how important it is that food is with our family and friends and so fundamental, not just to keeping us alive, but to give in as a healthy social life and a com communality. Well, that leads in rather nicely to Poana, which is a book here, because I've heard this time and time again, uh, when immigrants have either forced or for, for whatever other reason find themselves in another country, and actually how important food is to them to, 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 to bind them together. Um, Charlotte, do you want to just give us a little bit of background about what Poana is? So it's P-A-R-W-A-N-A. -A. That's right. Um, this is a really, really beautiful book. It uh, is a book about um, the author who is um, Durkhani Ayubi. Uh, her family uh, fled Afghanistan in uh, mid-80s and opened a restaurant in Adelaide. And this a book contains um, a lot of information about the history of Afghanistan, which is rich and complex. And it contains lots of family recipes with history. Um, it's very richly photographed. There are the recipe titles actually are translated from Farsi and the handwriting. I think it's her father's handwriting, mm. the Farsi uh, translation of the English recipe titles. It's a really beautiful book. It is soft. It is delicate, but beautiful. It has rich images. It has really interesting stories and history um, and so much background. Uh, and to be honest, my knowledge of um, Afghan food uh, was not particularly extensive before reading this. Well, it, mine was non-existent, so well no, done there, Charlotte. <laughs> no, it was so interesting. Yeah. And I have spent, uh, pre-pandemic, a lot of time in the Middle East, uh, travelling, um, researching recipes uh, for my own personal interest. And I don't know much about Afghanistan food of Afghanistan but it's really interesting seeing the crossover between the food in other countries in the region the yeah, spices you know what? the it, name it, the food didn't feel new to me so it wasn't like a revelation it, it, but it was like oh that's a bit like that and that's a bit like this it wasn't you know completely new but it was take it's, it's all these sort of uh, other things you think wow though that combination's amazing yeah totally <laughs> you know the way it's sort of uh, um yes it's it wasn't unfamiliar but but everything that 
is in there was is different from anything I've cooked. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And it's really interesting to look at it from a sort of culinary perspective because you see these combinations of spices, herbs, vegetables, pulses, for example, that are sort of reimagined in different combinations in different countries. Reimagined, that is the word, actually. Yeah. 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 So in that sense, it feels like a book that is very easy to dive into and cook from. There really are not, whilst the recipes may not seem um, familiar, the ingredients are pretty widely available. Pretty familiar ingredients. You'd be able to get most of them. My test when I'm writing a book is if I can get them in my <laughs> local town in the <laughs> West Country. You know, if I can, you know, if I can get it locally, then it's not hard to find. I mean, the thing with me with this is this 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 incredibly sad and frightening story about a family having to leave their country yeah. and how dangerous that was. And it found it felt very personal uh, um, and shocking, actually. And of course, then they've, they've made another, you know, another life. Um, but, but, but that really hit home for me. Not, and in no way is, is, is it, um, I don't know, you know, self-conscious or, or, or anything like that. Did you, did you find, Jane, I thought it was, a, it, it was very touching. I say. found it all heart. Yes. And touching and poignant, soulful, but also this sense of loss throughout everything. Mm. And the fact that she'd included all this history of Afghanistan, I thought was fascinating because Afghanistan is at the crossroads of so many places, hence all these different influences of, of food. And also it's sort of, Afghanistan is almost a manufactured area because there's all different tribes, all different languages. And it isn't just one place, and that's reflected definitely in, in the cooking. And as you say, Charlotte, it's familiar to us. You look at the recipe, you look at the ingredients, we know them from other cuisines, and it's almost as though this is where they all come together. But I just thought that it made me want to cry, actually. Oh, no. Some of yeah. it were very touching, yeah. but, but not in a, in a sentimental way at all. No. Um, in yeah. quite an uplifting way, actually. I know somehow. what you mean. I, I mean, poignant will be my word mm. as well to describe this book. And I think particularly revisiting it... Um, after you know everything that's happened in 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 the country again this year, it's just it, I find it very very touching to to look back at that book um, again um, over the last sort of couple of weeks, and uh, it is a really wonderful country, and um, you know it, it really is such a beautiful book. It really does reflect that beauty and positivity. So um, it is a gorgeous gorgeous book. And, and a deserved winner, in mm. our view, for the for the Guild of Food Writers. So that's Pawana. Um, all of these books will be uh, we'll have a link on the foodtalk.co.uk website. Um, for me, I, I love slightly spicy food. This is like oh, well, I can do a, another version of a curry, another version of a flatbread, another you know with slightly different um, tastes mm. and flavours. So um, an amazing family. Yeah, really amazing. Next up, now I cannot talk enough about this book. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything like it. Um, uh, uh, and to be honest, if it hadn't been uh, a winner at the, the Guild of Food Writers, I don't think I, I, I may have even picked it up. Um, it's, it's mad, is the only way I can explain it. It's Gifford's Circus Cookbook. So you'd see that and you go, Circus Cookbook? Must be, no, I'm not going to even look at it. I opened it. It was the most joyful, hilarious thing. It made you want to run away and go to circus, didn't it, Jane? Absolutely. I just loved this book so much. Just the photos alone were wonderful. Oh, the photos and are fat. Happy and eccentric people and circus people. Oh, I loved it. 
And actually associating the circus and food yeah. for a start is just something that really one would not put together necessarily. And so I didn't know about this circus. Apparently they go around travelling the country and they, they put on this circus, like a proper old-fashioned circus. Um, and then they, they do all this food afterwards and celebrate it and people come and they sit inside the tent and eat and there's music playing and they're all mad, aren't they? They're, they're, and, but they're just fantastic. And I the food recipes, I'm going, oh, I've got to cook that. Yeah. Oh, turn over the page. Oh, oh, I have to cook. Oh, no, I'm going to do that first. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to do that. But um, they do it in the, um, they've got a, their own tent for the restaurant. So it's called Circus Sauce. It's a travelling restaurant with the circus. They have a vaudeville tent. They put up tapestries, oak tables, candelabra. They've got one chef, 12 staff, locally foraged food, Local food, they go to the local butcher. Oh, it's just such the photography, just incredible. Yeah. I love so, you, it. so, you've got the strong man with all his tattoos and his muscles, and then you've got the um, I don't know, the acrobats, and and then you've of course got the clowns, and 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 and, the, and it just it really, really hangs together. It sounds like it shouldn't, but it really, yeah, it really does, doesn't it? I know it's so curious, it's such a colorful creative sort of bohemian feeling book bohemian that's such that a great is, word. really great production mm. values so it, it does it make is, you want to run away and oh, join definitely. the because it looks like it's so much fun yes. i know it's a complete feast for the eyes and i think what's particularly um successful about the combination of combination of recipes in the book is that they just i mean they look and sound delicious but i think what's clever about them is they are familiar and hugely Very. appealing but with S sort of small, creative, intriguing, but achievable twists. There's not and a I thing in there that you couldn't cook. There's nothing complicated. No, exactly. And I think oh, it does that so well. I mean, things like, I'm looking at the moment, things like braised beef short ribs, but with um, sticky dates and hazelnuts. What an interesting combination of flavours, for example. Makes complete sense, and yet something completely new. I mean, I'm looking at the, they've got lasagna with, with um, lobster and squid ink. Oh, why not? Ham in hay. What What I loved was the fact that because they have circus performers from all over the world in their troupe, they'll have food related to those different yeah. troupes. So, for instance, the Argentinian magician, the Serbian musicians, the Ukrainian acrobats, the Ethiopian curries made over cauldrons over open in cauldrons over open fires, <laughs> and um, the jugglers, Ethiopian jugglers, and just. Amazing. Food, it's international food, international. The whole thing makes me smile. Just yeah. all yeah. of it. One makes me smile. Book. Wonderful. So, uh, and here's another one: dirty, smoky, filthy fries. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I saw. Yeah. <laughs> one large potato, one large sweet potato. You know, so you're basically you're making chips, and then you've got four rashes of smoked bacon, paprika, mayonnaise, spring onions, grated ch cheddar, and pickled jalapenos. There you go. That sounds amazing. I mean, they're just mad. I love the sense of place with this book as well. Oh, yes, and reading definitely. the story about how um, the circus started. And, you know, very, very sadly, one of the, uh, the co-author and founder recently died, which is very, very sad. And um, But reading her story at the start of the book, again, felt particularly poignant, reading her words. Um, but, you know, where they started, uh, funny enough, I used to live just down the road from where they started. But there's a real sense of place, and starting with the Cotswolds, you know, that sense of place is 
really imparted in everything they do and also that sense of place of the team and where they travel to very much so the it team. moves yeah. it evolves with the circus and i love that i just want to join them <laughs> run away to the circus yeah too. yeah <laughs> uh, and there's one here called hangover hash and there's a picture of two guys oh my god do they look hungover i mean they really really look hungover and and you know this is a good breakfast because because it starts off with leftover roast potatoes um so we're gonna have to end this actually i'm really sorry because because we've run out of time but we're, we're gonna we're, we're gonna carry on next week um so this book i have to say so uplifting and joyful and i'm just smiling even looking at it i can't i can't help it um and it's called gifford's circus cookbook again we'll have a link uh final word on that one charlotte oh buy I, it, would, it, would, it you mentioned presents it would be That's the perfect present, present for anyone just makes you smile and got some great stories, don't you think? Oh, loved it, loved it. Okay, well, I'm terribly sorry. We have to go because we, we we're gonna we're gonna crack on with some more uh, uh, books that we they really like n- next week. Um, thank you, Charlotte Pike. Will you join us next week and carry on? I would I love to. Thank so you quickly. so much for having me. Uh, can't, I can't believe it's gone so quickly. Um, we haven't even gone on to the, the drinks books yet, have we? But we will. But we will. But we will. So, um, thank you to my fellow presenter, Jane. Payton and to our partners, the lovely people at Produced in Kent. Next week, we'll be talking again with Charlotte Pike about the cookbooks we just can't do without. Um, so please go on to foodtalk.co.uk where we've got links to all those cookbooks and you can access hundreds of podcasts going back years and years and years. Uh, yeah, just go on foodtalk.co.uk. Have a good week. Bye-bye.